Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 838. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at rabbiyismach at take10fortorah.org. Today's 10 is sponsored by Eli Nishnas Feivel Yitzchak ben Avtali David by the Lewis family. May his neshama have an aliyah. So in Parshas Mishpatim, and really uh, other Parshas in the Torah as well, we talk about Gezela. We talk about don't steal, and we talk about property rights generally. So I wanted to share an interesting source, an interesting story that teaches us a surprising lesson about stealing and how to catch thieves. The Gemara of Metziah and Daf Chavdalid Ahmed Aleph tells the following story, that Marzutra Chasida, Marzutra the pious, had ignivle kasa de kasva meushpiza. A cup was stolen at a host's house. So he was with students, and a cup was stolen at a host's house. So it sounds like, you know, it's not exactly clear, uh, perhaps, whose cup it was. Rashi tells us that it was the host's cup. So a one of the guests stole the host's cup. So it sounds like it was one of Marzutra's students who did it. So a barbe rav, so uh, Marzutra saw that one of the students, He washed his hands, and he dried his hands, with uh, one of the, I don't know, the, the garments of somebody else. It was a coat hanging there, and he used somebody else's coat to dry his hands. Amar, Marzutra the pious, said, It must be this guy. It must be this guy who stole the cup, because I see from his behavior here he does not care about the money of others, he doesn't care about the property of others. That irresponsibility points me to him as the thief, and indeed, kafteva odi. Either he smacks him up and he gets an answer that he had stolen, or he threatens him and the guy admits that he stole it and he returns the cup. So it seems the simple meaning of this Gemara, the simple reading of this Gemara is quite simply that a person who uh, is, uh, you know, suspected of not being careful with money is the first person who we should look at if we are uh, worried or wondering who it was who, who committed a particular crime. Right? That's what it seems is the moral of the story. Uh, the Achronim in this story wonder exactly how Rashi knew whose cup this was, meaning how do they know that it was the cup of the innkeeper in reading this story and not the cup of Marzutra? So they have a variety of answers. The classic answer the Achronim provide is that, listen, if it would have been Marzutra's cup, then he wouldn't have been able to be, you know, sort of judge, jury, and executioner on this. He was too close to the story. Here he was just the dying, he was just the judge, it was uh, not his cup, it was somebody else's cup, so he was able to adjudicate this with, with objectivity. So that's the reason that they give. Others just say, well, that's what the story says. It was the innkeeper's cup. But the Achon had difficulty in understanding and reading the story, but and that was the reason that most of them gave. But the Ben Yehoyada, the Ben Ishchai, writing the early 20th century, late 19th century, he tells the whole story and as to how he understands why Rashi must have known that it was the cup of, not Marzutra, but it was the cup of the host. And he tells the story as follows about the Shla. The Shla was a 16th century rabbi who lived in Europe and then made his way to Israel. So the story, which I am not going to read all inside, it'll probably take a little bit too long, more than 10 minutes, is fascinating. So the story goes as follows. While he was still in Europe, a uh, from his house a a kapot shel zahav like a, a I'm sorry shel kesef a silver spoon was stolen okay the silver spoon was stolen and he suspected one of his students of having stolen it so the shla he did an investigation and he found that indeed that student had the spoon and that spoon was discovered okay the tremendous embarrassment 
that this kid felt. Heimer dato achakach. He goes and he he becomes uh, he's no longer religious. The embarrassment of having his rebbe catch him it was just too much. He ends up becoming very successful. This kid Vinisasha Renasa Mamakom Lamakom. He gets very wealthy. He gets discovered and he's very popular amongst the king and the princes. And he's put as the head of taxes in a far out city called Yafo. Yafo in Israel. Okay, many years pass. Finally, the Shla makes Aliyah, and on his way into Israel, he stops in Yafo. Maybe he took a boat, I don't know, that was the, where the port was. He gets there, and he's recognized by this student, who calls him for an audience. And so the student calls him for an audience, and the student brings him for, to his house, and the student manipulates it so that they're alone together. He brings him to his, uh, throughout the rooms in his large mansion, and he's impressing him with everything that he has, and finally, they secret away in a room and the student who is now this tax collector takes out a knife and threatens the shla's life and now at this point i'm going to read inside because it's pretty crazy he says he should read vidui right the vidui that we say before a person is god forbid killed or or, or dies because he is threatening him with his life i'm going to kill you so say vidui and the Gaon, the Shla, is like tremendously afraid, understandably. Vayef, and he cries, or he's Tchaninlo, and he prays, Vayemala, Ma Sisilacha. What did I do to you? Like, why, why are you doing this to me? Vidabrimo Kamatachnunim, and he besieges him tremendously, and this kid, this person who is now the tax collector, uh, he responds with tremendous fury, Lo Ata Osnul Dvaracha, I'm not going to listen to you, he says, Tamarla Mavidoi, go say Vidoi, Vimla, Anito Kea Hasakam Vidacha Kodam Vidoi. I'm not going to wait for Vidoi. I'm not going to give you forever. You got to say Vidoi, and then I'm going to kill you. Those Hagon, Kishara, Tsarasat Tsara, when the Shla finally saw, like, he's got no out, right? There's just like, nothing to do over here. Amen Vihisfada, but the most Shlish, Vachar Vidoi Tashkevo Solarets. And he says his vidoy, and he lays down on the ground. He's given up. That's it. And this guy holds his neck, and he's about to he's about to kill him. And at the last moment, he doesn't. He doesn't. And he says, lo, Rebbe, my Rebbe, kuma shava Forgive me for what I just did to you. What <laughs> the shla is now alive. And he's what, what what like what is this some kind of prank? So Vyaspali Hagon Vyamar Miyate says, Who are you? Vyamar Ani Talmid Chaploni, I am your student. Remember back then, Umakar Ani Bamasecha Kitzadik Gamarata. And I want to let you know something, Rabbi Shla. You are a tremendous tzaddik, but you have a stain on you. The stain that you have on you is when you caught me for stealing, and I went off in the way that I did. I went off the derech, I was no longer interested in yeshiva, and I left, and, and I reacted terribly to that terrible embarrassment. That, to you, is a bit of a stain. That's not the right way to do it. That was not the best way to go about uh, punishing or, or criticizing me, or it, it was not the way to go. And he says, because of that stain, I wanted that stain off of you, so this is your tshuva, this is your kapara, your atonement, your punishment for that stain, and now you can come to Eretz Yisrael with a clean, clean slate. Now, first of all, the first moral of the story is don't do this to people. You know, don't don't uh, scare the life out of them to say, oh, well, really, you know, you made a mistake, and I, I just want to get the punishment out of the way. No, 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 that's not what we do. That's Aleph. But the interesting point of the story, the upshot of this story is, of course, you learn the tremendous embarrassment that was caused by this person, and the story seems to justify 
his reaction a little bit, right? The embarrassment and him going off the derech and, and running away does seem justified. So says the Ben Yehoyada, he says, that's why it has to be, it has to be that it was not Marzutra's cup. Because had it been Marzutra's cup that was stolen, where he catches the guy using the towel, or using the coat as a towel, and therefore catches the thief, had it been Marzutra's cup, he never would have stood on ceremony and gotten the guy in trouble. He never would have done it. Because he sees what happens, because what happens would be terrible for such a student who would be caught by their Rebbe, it would be terrible. What must have been the case? Says the Ben Yehoyada, it must have been that it was not his cup. It was the cup of the host. And because it was the cup of the host and Razuchah was there with a bunch of students, the Chil Hashem over here would have been tremendous. The desecration of God's name for there having been one of these rabbinical students who was for sure the one who stole the cup. I mean, that's terrible, terrible, terrible. That would have been worse than sending this one child, this one individual off. Therefore, that's the only possible reason that Marzutra would have busted this kid. He only would have caught this thief in the way that he did if it would have been the cup that belonged to someone else. Had it belonged to him, he never would have stood on ceremony. He never would have treated him that way. Interestingly, this becomes a contemporary question asked by Rabbi Yitzchak Zilberstein, or asked to Rabbi Yitzchak Zilberstein about what exactly should you do. Should you do an investigation if something is stolen in Yeshiva? He says, listen, justice says that, of course we should. The thing has to be returned. But at the same time, you have all these other judgments about what is the best thing to do when it comes to uh, when it comes to how to deal with children and how to deal with students, and what will be the outcome if this person is caught. So that doesn't mean that the person should not be, uh, you should attempt to deal with it in some way, but this incredible sensitivity born out of a story where you think that the point of the story is that we see from a person's insensitivity towards others' money, we can see they're indicted for possible other crimes. No, 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 the story ends up teaching much more. It teaches not only are we supposed to see that a person's insensitivity can cause crimes, but what we are supposed to do in dealing with their crimes is just because they did something wrong, does that, I don't know, does that deserve the most tremendous punishment if the after effects will be terrible as well? And the answer, it seems, is no. Something to consider, something to think about. Have a great day.